Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to an all-new Believe in Chargers. Chargers fans, do you believe? Because I'll tell you this, sniff the roses. We're less than two weeks away from Chargers training camp. The fresh white paint on the field, the smell of the fresh blades of grass. It's time to hit the pigskin low, Neil. I know it's just July. Next time you wake up, it's going to be September we're going to be locking in at Sundays at 10 in the morning. Tell me once, baby. How you doing? Hey, you know, one word. Legendary, brother. I'm feeling great, Born. It's always great to talk shop with you, talk football, especially when you talk about the Chargers and this young, exciting team and all the different moves they've made and all the things that are we're looking forward to this season. Expectations, I know they're a little down from last year, but I think that we got a lot to be thankful for, and I think a, I think there's plenty of excitement that's swirling in the air right now, especially with preseason getting ready to kick off. I can see the excitement in your eyes, man. You're looking better than ever, Low. I know you're ready for the upcoming 23-24 campaign, and I think you know there's a lot of storylines right, that we can talk about the Chargers, and we already have this offseason. We've talked about some of the free agent acquisitions. We've talked about Austin Eckler and that contractual you know, obligation. I think that's an interesting one, but we already know the situation with that. He's got one year left on his deal. He's being a true professional. He's ducking his head down. He's going to try and get another deal. Let's put all that aside right now. You know, J.C. Jackson, his bounce back impending year. So many storylines. Let's start with number 10 because we always talk about this. The organization goes with Justin Herbert. Now, it's important and it's imperative that he's put in positions to be successful. And I'd argue that he hasn't, you know, so far in his young career. And still, ESPN ranked Justin Herbert checking in as the top five quarterback in the National Football League. So let's dive into these rankings low. Let's go one by one until we get into Herbert in the top five. Don't, I don't think there's any objections. Number one's Patrick Mahomes. Any objections, Lorenzo Neal? None at all. I have no objection. I'm fine with that one. <laughs> and I hate to say he'll be in the AFC West a long time, but I believe Justin Herbert and the Chargers have a shot to dethrone him at some point. Number two is Joe Burrow. And I think I, I, I can't have any objections there. I think we've already argued that a Herbert has more talent than Burrow, but Burrow has answered the bell more than Herbert has in the postseason. I think just because of that, you have to give Burrow over the nod at Josh Allen at number three. Do you think those two should be flipped, or what are your thoughts at Burrow two, Allen three? No, I don't think they should be flipped. I think when you think about the circumstances and look at what's going on and the way that Joe Cool has played the game. Joe Cool has played the game second legendary. I think when you think about this young quarterback, his ability in the pocket. But if you think about what makes Joe Burrows to me so special and unique, is like you said, he's Joe Cool. Here's a guy that doesn't blink under pressure. Here's a guy that looked Mahomes dead in the eye and said, Mahomes, anything you can do, I can do better. Every time, it's always a one-score game. Every single time these guys go at it, the two best quarterbacks go at it, it is a dogfight and it is always to the end. So when you think about what you've seen from this from this matchup and this legendary matchup between these two kids this is a la brady and manning you think about how brady would get the best of manning manning wasn't like manning didn't have talent they were always so close but he just had an edge so when you think about these two guys i, I think that joe burrows I, and, and for me it's it's hard for me even to say if joe burrows would have been one I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have just said, oh, I disagree. Because if you think about what Joe Burrows have done and you think about the organization he's at, and yeah, he has some weapons, but Joe Burrows, man, I'm telling you, the guy is clutch. He has given Patrick Mahomes the 
the most fits. I mean, it, fits. It, it, <laughs> and, and, and you never see Mahomes run into trouble. And you always know, though, that it seems like Burrow, he's going to break through. Like, you know, you can never guarantee a quarterback's going to win a Super Bowl, but I think it's as surefire as a bet that you're going to see Joe Burrow hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy one day just because, as you said, of his demeanor under pressure and what he's going to do. Now, coming in at number four is Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets. And I think this one is a little bit interesting. You know, Rodgers, 40 years of age, Lorenzo Neal, he's coming off a year where he wasn't as good. People are going to argue for the lack of weapons. You know, an aging Randall Cobb didn't have Devontae Adams last year with his year in Vegas. You know, Alan Lazard, he made him a true number one. People are going to argue that it's because he didn't have the weapons. So Rodgers at four, Herbert at five. Are you okay with that? Yeah, you know what? I think from three to five, I think you can move them around anywhere in three to five and think, okay, where can I, those guys, I don't think it's, because when you look at Rodgers, Rodgers is a guy that who's, who you look at it, what he's done in the past, you say, okay, he's earned that. He's earned that to be there up that high still. He still has some magic left and he still can do some things. But when you think about a guy like Josh Allen, we have seen Josh Allen at times make some critical mistakes. We've seen Josh Allen kind of pound his chest and at the moment, I'm not saying the game got too big for Josh. I think sometimes Josh, Josh Allen has forced the game and at yes. times said, I can do this. I'm going to just try to run over. And it's like and it's like playing golf. Golf, you cannot finesse. Golf, you can't say, oh, I'm just now, I'm mad, I'm going to go and just play. No. I look at the quarterback position, Borna, and we're talking about, you know, the quarterback, these, these quarterbacks that are elite. And you see, I think, three through five, I think you can – move and switch guys around because when you think about Josh Allen we're talking about at times we've seen him inconsistent and try to force the game and you look at you you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers this guy is a hall of famer first ballot hall of famer but he hasn't been to the big show and he's been stopped he's one game away two years three years ago against the 49ers and then you know and then uh so you look at him and you say okay is this guy going to take that next step i know you talked about not having Devontae Adams last year and the different things he had to go through but now he's with the Jets. He was with a team that can compete. He's with a team that has a good running game. He's with a team that has some up-and-coming stars and receivers. So it's going to be interesting just to see how it works out this year. It's going to be super interesting. I I don't think I have a problem with Justin Herbert being you know in the five spot. I I think he, I think Herbert could be anywhere from four to seven when you look at these upcoming rankings. So when I look at Justin Herbert in that five spot, it gives me optimism to see that he's probably going to be with the best coordinator he's had in his entire National Football League career. Now, the question is, do you think Kellen Moore's offense will help Herbert be open to running the ball more? This is one of the biggest things I want to see with Justin Herbert in, in this next year of his progression. Can he use his legs? Now, he's not going to overwhelm you with his speed, but he has these huge, long strides. I remember, you know, two years ago, the Chargers were hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football, and Justin Herbert rushed for almost over 100 yards, and he won that game because of his legs. Now, let's not forget the fractured rib cartilage Herbert suffered in week two, right? All the way back in week two last year, completely impacted how Herbert could affect the game as a runner. They, that's why they wanted him getting the ball out quickly. They wanted him to, you know, preserve getting impact, getting hit by guys, and that's why he was throwing the ball 55, 60 times a game. As long as Justin Herbert stays healthy, Lorenzo Neal, I think his scramble rate should return to his 2021 levels. Remember, I talked about that Sealer game. He rushed for 90 yards, and if he scrambles more this season, I think it would be because of better health, not because of schematic changes from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore. 
but that's all predicated on the fact that can the Chargers still continue to effectively run the football? You know, I digress, but I want to go back to Kellen Moore and talk about his importance because his best attribute is his creativity. What do you think he's going to bring to the table for Justin Herbert and specifically the Chargers offense? Can they, you know, because Herbert is so good that he made an awful offense look formidable, right? Can right. can Kellen Moore and Herbert just explode on the scene here? Well, I tell you right now, I think it's going to be big this offseason. What did the Chargers do? <laughs> Excuse me physicality wise training camp and then you and i'll be out there some training camps i want to see how physical this team's going to be i think you have to change the way that your team is perceived you got a training camp with kellen moore kellen moore needs to make sure that this offense has a mindset to be physical mm -hmm. and run the ball and get downhill and that's how you're going to get play action because you have justin herbert when he can turn his back to the defense because of play action and you're running the ball this guy has a cannon. He can throw the ball anywhere you want it. So now if you're running the ball, so I think it's going to be big training camp to make sure these guys can run the ball and run it with consistency. Because if I'm Kellen Moore, I want to be physical, but I also want to get I want to get Justin Herbert to the edge, to the perimeter. And what better way to do that than being able to run and then bootleg and get him outside to the edge? Because now he can run or pass. So if you get a tight end that can come across the middle, now you got those deep overs and those post routes, and you're running the ball, and now you get the bootleg. Justin Herbert, if you get him outside of the pocket, that that safety has to stay home because mm -hmm. and the linebackers know they're too slow. So Justin Herbert can hurt you with his feet. So I think Kellen Moore, I really believe that you're going to see a more zone stop a stretch offense, but you're going to see this team with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I'm telling you, Borna, I think mm -hmm. they're going to move the ball and move the pocket a lot more this year. That's the hope, right? That's the hope. It, it's pretty absurd to me that the Chargers were able to clinch a playoff berth with an offense that, you know, averaged four or five yards per play and a defense that was kind of perplexed for most of the year. I think that goes to show you how freaking talented Justin Herbert was. He dragged an anchor all the way to the postseason, and they should have won a playoff game, too, if it wasn't for some late-game shenanigans and, and, and a defense collapsing. And the Chargers, you know, they also have a little over $12 million left in cap space as we head into training camp. So I think Tom Telesco and company have left a little bit of financial wiggle room in terms of, you know, do they want to make some additions in season? Do they want to see how the year's going? And then they can kind of refine the edges, giving them some, you know, flexibility. But we already know the MO of the chargers team you know you know fellow listeners of believe in chargers make sure you guys go check us out on apple podcast spotify the believe in network as well as lorenzo on twitter and instagram and here's the truth the core of this team is intact and the core of this team hasn't changed the chargers have who they need at wide receiver and mike williams and keenan out they have who they need at quarterback they have a great offensive line that's looking even healthier now and they added to that in the draft they have a defense, a secondary led by the best safety in the National Football League in Derwin James, an all-pro corner who they signed, who's looking to have a bounce back year in J.C. Jackson, a great pass-rushing tandem in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. They added Eric Kendricks, a UCLA Bruin, to sure up the middle of that linebacking court. They actually were really strong in special teams last year. The issue isn't the talent. The issue is maximizing that talent, and I think getting Kellen Moore in town will help that. And I think we talked about head coach Brandon Say, Lorenzo. No, this is now or never for head coach Staley. You know Staley more than I do. Great guy, great football mind. But at the end of the day, this is a wins-based business. It's a production and a results-oriented business. It's time to see this defense become that elite defense we brought Brandon Staley to. Do you think that's the key 
for this Chargers team this year. What If you're going to look at one thing about this team, there's a lot that constitutes its success. What is it going to be and why? It, it's so it's, it's so simple for me, Born. And the one thing, if you said pinpoint one thing about this team that you would say. I know what you're going to say. That, 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 slows, that slows them down. I think it's going to be consistency. I know yeah. you're thinking about the run game. I understand that. I but was. I it, was. <laughs> it, 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 but but it's but it's the consistency yeah. in everything. You look at them. At times they were giving up four and five yards of crack. Sometimes women of yeah. and then third down, you couldn't get off the field. You look at offense, offensively, sometimes it was a three and out. It had no consistency, sometimes no rhythm. I think this team has just been inconsistent. You lost close games because of inconsistency. If you talk about a talent base and just where they're at, you're right. Staley needs to have this defense humming he's got the talent on defense you have the talent on offense so what is the biggest deal on both sides of the ball it's consistency yeah it's it's absolutely consistency because we we talked about this last year too as we kind of preview training camp here in a few minutes is you know there was a lot of spurts and moments last year when you're watching Chargers football and you're like come on let's this is awesome can we see more of this like Austin Eckler breaking down a counterplay 75 yards, the defense playing good, stopping the run. But then there were times when you played teams like the Seattle Seahawks who didn't have more talent than you that absolutely gashed you. You're like, what's going on here? Did the guys wake up on the wrong side of the bed? And I think a lot of consistency is related to coaching. Can you keep your guys on edge? Can you keep your guys' fire burning? Because the talent is there, there's no doubt. You know, I also cover the San Diego Padres, Lorenzo Neal, and they've been one of baseball's <laughs> biggest disappointments. And they have an unbelievable amount of talent. But it's hard yes. to wake up every single day and, and play well. So talk to me, Lo. When you were on some you were on some great Chargers teams, you were on some ones that weren't as good or any other football team that wasn't as good, what was the key to some of your teams that were very talented and those the ones that were talented that were very consistent versus the ones that weren't consistent? Was it a coaching thing? Was it an ego thing with players? What do you think it was? I think it's a little bit of both. And just like you alluded okay. to with the Padres, you saw the Padres going to run last year. You saw the team that looked, they ran, they were like, oh man, look at this Padre team. It's best. And they already had some young guys. So everyone, guess what? You start to say, you start reading the press clippings. You start seeing, man, how good you are. Coach Marty shot. And I always say, you know what? You're man, you're never as good as they say you are. And you're never as bad as someone as the media tells you are. And sometimes you start reading those press clippings and it starts to get to you. And you say, we, oh, we were so close. We should have been in there. We should have won that game. Should have been in pub. And so you just think it's going to happen. It's work. You still got to put in the same work, if not more. You got to put more time in because teams know who were the better teams and like, look, this team is good. And you played down teams even when you even when you're on a good team, and then next year you're down. The coaches in that playing scout would say, "This team can hurt you. They got they. This team is a good team. They're just not. They just haven't found their magic weapon yet. Don't be the one. So you have to be prepared when you're playing. And yes, so it starts with coaching as well as players. Those leaders, the Cleo Mack. That's why you brought in a guy like Cleo yep. Mack. This guy's got to be like, no, guys, we're not accepting this. No, defensive, we're not. We're not. Derwin James, secondary. You got to have those guys step up and be those guys. And that's why when you went out, you know, two years ago and said, let's let's address the center position. Go to Green Bay. Grab one of the best centers in the game. Go ahead and strengthen your offensive line. You want to have leaders on your team that's going to say, look. There is no excuses. We're not going to let letdowns. We're going to play consistent football, and we're going to get consistency because that is the thing that's missing. If we're consistent, guys, 
we're a tough out. If we're consistent guys and we're doing our job and we're not and we're not breaking down, we are a tough out. And this Charger team, they are a very, very tough out if they're consistent. They're also a tough out, let's be real, low if they're healthy. And, and that's something yes. we've still been waiting to see, you know, from this team over the last 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, you know, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but that 2006 team, were you guys, you guys were relatively healthy that year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that that has been an issue for this franchise. There hasn't been a shortage of talent with the Chargers. You know, there, there has been a shortage of durability. I mean, you take a look at the defensive line last year and the offensive line. They lost, what, Rashawn Slater early in that year. Corey Lindsley yep. got hurt. We were having to yep. put guys, you know, who were selling insurance onto the offensive line. And you take a look at the defensive line now. We, we were complaining about the inability to stop the run. And I think part of that should be blamed on Staley. But I think a part of that is out of his control with all the injuries. You take a look at the guys they brought in with, to help Brandon Staley. Sebastian Joseph Day missed a lot of time. Austin Johnson, who was really good for the Giants two years ago, missed a lot of time. Morgan Fox, they got a guy in Ogbania from UCLA. They have some good names. Can they stay on the field? Because if they're able to do so, I have all the confidence that Staley's going to be able to get the most out of these guys. But it's hard when you have guys who should be practice squad players needing to start a Sunday night game against Kansas City. I'm sorry, but that's that's the truth. And, and the Chargers are going to really need health this year because they have a tough schedule. Obviously, the AFC West is a tough division. And then you got to play teams you know, like the Buffalo Bills. You got to play the NFC East this year, the Cowboys, the Eagles. You know, you got some tough, tough games that this Charger team is going to have. And I think the Chargers should feel as if they should be confident going to most of those games if they are healthy. But listen, I'm really looking at the defensive line this year. I'm looking for, you know, you know, a, a, a roster and a defensive line that is that is angry, a team that does not want opposing teams to allow to run the ball down their throats, a defensive line that I want Justin Herbert to go talk to this defensive line and say, hey, guys, I want the ball in my hands more this year. I'm relying on you four, you five guys, to allow me to have the ball more in my hands because my success is correlated to you four. And that's a link that people aren't talking about, right, Lo? We talked about this. If teams are running down the Chargers' throat, they're going to lose the time of possession battle. They're going to cause Staley's defense to get tired. And they're going to cause Justin Herbert just to be playing with his hair on the sidelines all game. How important right. is the Chargers? We talk about their ability to run the ball, but more importantly, their ability to stop the run is going to take them far this year. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. When you're looking at this team and you think about what it's going to take, it's going to take commitment by everyone. And when you're talking about the defense, you're saying, hey, look, guys, we got to get stops. We get people off the field. We get off the field because when you let long drives happen and sustain drives, your opposite team, your opposing team, that gives you a look more injuries. Now guys are tired. They're fatigued. And now they're playing with, you know, tired. And now you got your knee in a bad position because your body's out of, you're, you're, boom, you're getting bent over the wrong way because you're, you're out of shape. You're tired. So when guys get out there and they get out there on the field and you have these long drives that sustain drives, especially for offenses, because offense are now dictating their will and they're moving and creating a new line of scrimmage and moving you off the ball, more than likely defensive guys get hurt. When you look at quick three and outs, when you start seeing defense that get three and out, three and out, you more and less and like you see offense because guys are reaching, they're in bad positions, they're out of position, they're trying to fight because they're getting ran through. That's when offensive guys get when you're an offensive team and you're moving the ball and having consistent 
that's when you're wearing out the defense. So it's imperative. So you're asking how imperative? It's very imperative that this defense and the defensive front, that they contain the run, that they get teams in third and long and not, not third and manageable. They got to play with their heads, you know, their hair on fire because you want to give the ball Bingo. back to that offense and let them score some points for you. Man, that's the hope, right? And I, and I really want to, you know, it would be nice to watch some Charger games this year and knowing that we've won the game heading into the second half. We never got that yeah. last year. The Chargers won 10 games, but outside of that Rams game, um, when they weren't even playing Matthew Stafford, every game was a nail-biter. And fortunately for the Chargers, you know, more than less went in their direction, and that's why they clinched a postseason berth. You know, I go back to that Week 9 game in the against the Cardinals, right? They go for two. Staley puts it on the line, they, and they convert. But too many close games and too many games where the Chargers had leads and they allowed teams to come back into the games. There needs to be an anger played with the Chargers this year, an anger. I never saw that anger last year. If they go up 21-0, have no mercy. Go up 49-0. Bayern Munich, one of the best soccer teams in the world, they just beat a team today, Lorenzo Neal, 27 to nothing. Are you kidding wow. me? That's, wow. That's – but that's, that's ruthless. That's a football score. Yes, it that's is. a football it's score. That's a ruthless, no mercy score. And I think that needs to be instilled more in this locker room. If you're up twenty-eight to three, I don't care. You're not comfortable because if you went up twenty-eight to three, the other team can outscore you twenty-eight to three, and that should always be the mindset. And I think that is something. These are some of these intangible things that you don't see on the field that need to be instilled in these players more. So that's one big thing I'm looking for off the field. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I think you made a valid point, and I, and I remember when you're talking, you just kind of struck a chord. The reason why we were so tough, and the reason why we did those things in you know 2006 and three, and you know in 2005 and 2007, eight, is because of physicality. Bingo. You got to realize you had guys on offense. You knew that Chris Dillman, you knew that you know me, fullback coming downhill, and we would impose Dogs. our will. Dogs. We knew we were going to lay you out. We knew that I was going to break you. Guys were like, man, slow down. We would double when Chris Dillman and friggin', you know, Nick would come off and double team and ace block or trade block down. And they would just move guys five, six yards off the ball and just grind him and get, get on top of him. And they would fall on top of him. He's like, get up. He's punching, trying to get up. And you start wearing their butt out. When you, that's what this team doesn't have. So when you go and you play, even though you're playing a team, those guys get paid too. When you're physical, guys want the game over. If you're for now, you just say, okay, boom, you're scoring. Like, their team said, man, you ain't did nothing. They don't respect you. Like, okay, cool. You scored a big, you got a long bomb. They'll come back and fight back in. Okay, three and out, three and out. So they're like, look, you ain't nothing. They're all cutting you. You catch them with a big play. So you don't give them any fear. They, they have not seen your physicality. When you have not hit a guy and laid them out, and continue like you're talking about that dog that 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 you know like you're talking about 27 to zero that score today because that's because when they add them down they strangle them when you got them down yep. they said i'm cutting your head off that's what this team needs it needs to say okay i'm beating the team now how are we going to close this team how are we going to make this team quit because i'm telling you you can make teams quit and that's what the chargers have not done they don't make teams quit and they let teams stick around and that's why these teams don't respect and that's the attitude you're talking about that needs to change that's the attitude that got to come on defense and offense, special teams, that teams say, we're going to quit. We're calling uncle. We're waving the white flag. Preach, 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 preach. Listen, 
I'm mean, nothing for me to say there. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and and Charger fans, we don't have an answer for you. I mean, time will tell. We will see. Right. And I think we'll know pretty early on in the year. You know, injuries aside, of course that plays a role. But I think what I'm particularly going to be interested to is just the edge that this team plays, right? The energy that this right. team plays with. I'm not looking at wins or losses at first. I know it's a results-based business. But how is this team playing? Are they angry? Right. Do they want to be the ones pushing you around, or do they want to be pushed around? And I think if the answer is what we want, the Chargers are going to be a playoff team. But but that's right. a very key. That's a very key distinguisher. They have to do that. Besides that, low the next time we'll be chatting. Training camp will be on our way. I know you'll be there. I may also make an appearance at training camp. And I think it starts with training camp, right? It's not. It doesn't start in September. Day one at training camp. I know we want to protect our players, but let's see a physical training camp this year. Let's see some let's see some pads engaging. I think, you know, I, I understand the safety of the NFL is very important. It always should be. But I think it's also taken away from a little bit of the edge and the physicality that we need some of these guys to develop that identity with that translates to the success. So, Lo, let me know. Let our viewers know how training camp is. Is there a little bit more of an aggression in, in, in training camp versus last year? I think that's going to take this team a long way, my friend. Oh, without a doubt, I'm going to tell you, the worst thing Staley can do is say, guys, we want to just, we're going to practice smart. You can say you want to practice smart. And he said, we're going to practice hard. We're going to practice smart. I want guys hydrated. But I'm going to tell you what, guys, this is going to be a different training camp. This yeah. is going to be a physical training. I'm telling you right now, if the Chargers want to go in the playoffs and if they want to go deep, if, if they want to make noise in soft, the playoffs, they got to they got to win some playoff games now, Lo. And it's got to be physical. This training camp has to be physical because you're a soft team and you're a team to get injured because then you wait to the regular season and you try to turn it on. Coach Daly has to plan this thing the right way and start getting guys mentally ready to do nine on seven, make all the offense alignment, put knee pads, knee straps on, and make sure they put the knee braces on. You got to have a physical training camp to set the precedent. You have to get guys physical, but guys need to be talking and saying, guys, we need to, this shouldn't be about coaches want to make it physical it's about you want to make it physical because you're the one getting paid you're the one that's got to go out there on that field and kick somebody's ass because the season's going to start and everyone's saying oh this is a finesse team oh this team doesn't know how to finish this is what you want to do so you want to turn this training camp into physical i can't wait for training camp oh boy i'm getting fired up let's go ah! baby <laughs> <laughs> i love it low i low I, I couldn't agree more brother it, it should be a really really interesting time and and again time will tell let's see how it goes but chargers fans make sure you guys go check us check, check us out on the believe in network this is believe in chargers that's lorenzo neal i'm born in azari cheers to a very successful optimistic and fruitful year for the los angeles chargers we are signing out everyone god bless be well cheers thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.